Hey, you're listening to the Tyrannosaurus Rex Marketing Podcast Program. I'm Roy Harmon. Joining me today is Lindsay Tavis. Thanks for listening. everybody. Welcome to episode 004 of the Tyrannosaurus Rex Marketing Podcast Program. Today we're joined by Lindsay Tavis of lindsayt.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-T.com. She's worked with 30 plus startups, over 60 investors doing market research, working in user experience design, customer experience design. And she's here to talk to us about what you need to do before you just launch and go out there and find out whether or not there's um, anybody who needs what it is that that you're planning on offering. Um, Lindsay, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, um, so can you tell us, I know I mentioned a few things, but if you wouldn't mind going a little deeper into your background, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So I I designed my first user interface in 2002 while studying engineering in college. Uh, when I graduated in 2005, I left for Silicon Valley with a twinkle in my eye. I told my professor I was going to come back and put my name on buildings at, at the University of Virginia. I was so excited to cut my teeth uh, in startups. I I went out there, I worked uh, primarily in customer and user experience design, customer research, Um, but on the side, I was doing everything that you're supposed to do, writing ideas on napkins all around town, pitch contests, hacking on the weekends, finding technical co-founders. I had projects in, you know, get... um, get some press in SFGate. I, you know, had my company name mentioned in TechCrunch. It was, um, I was doing everything right. It was very exciting. Uh, final venture in like 2009 that I tried. Um, I actually decided to code it myself, worked on it for like four months and then realized, man, I have like a shell of a business. I have this pitch deck. And I've been practicing my PHP and coding, but like, I don't have anything in between. I have a shell of a car. And when you lift the hood, there's, there's not even an engine or battery inside. All the parts are on the floor, not connected, kind of like devastated that I had to go back to a a quote unquote real job, corporate nine to five, but decided, you know, I'm going to go back working for startups. I moved to New York city. And I took an opportunity at a company called Gust, which is a platform for angel investing groups. And we were partnering with Pivotal Labs, which is also a well-known agile software development shop, which has really kind of been at the forefront of agile software development and its principles. I learned everything I could about building a startup and everything I could about investors and the fundraising process. And I took that to start my own practice in 2014. So I have 
been independent uh, entrepreneur for the past four years, which is a feat in itself that I've been able to cover my bills as an entrepreneur for four years. But I take what I, you know, know from market research, customer and user experience design, I apply it to all parts of the business now for my entrepreneurs. So I, I consider myself a startup coach and business design consultant. And recently this summer, I just launched a six-part program called The Real MVP. It's a clear path from today to investor-funded startup growth. And one of the main foundations principles is that uh, most reasons, if not all reasons, that startups fail can be traced back to not knowing your customer. And I believe that you can eliminate the guesswork and eliminate the risk associated with developing a new business if you are always working closely with your customer from the very, very beginning before you even actually have a product. Cool. Okay. Well, so where do we start when it comes to market research? We've Maybe we've got the inkling of an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sort of the beginning, we know that you know, we we want to do something on our own. We want to be entrepreneurs. Sure. Uh, where, uh, at what point do you start doing market research? How far along in your, uh, whether it's coming up with the actual idea for your business or um, or something further along the road, when is it that you, you think you really need to, to start working on market research? Um, right away, as soon as possible, but let's define what's in the scope of market research. So take a step back. You have an idea. If you're an entrepreneur, you have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 ideas. You, I turn out maybe three to five almost every single day. Um, and so there's one that you're super excited about. And you, this is going to be the one that you double down on. Now, most people get really nervous and anxious when they experience a problem. So they get very excited about the solution. And it's usually the first solution that they think of. Um, Maybe do you have an example of like an idea that you're marinating on or maybe one that you worked on in the past? Well, I'll tell you right now I'm working on a course on on lead generation. So maybe that would be uh, something. Okay, so let's say you stumbled across um, or you came up with your own methodology for lead generation and it's something worth sharing. And so you're super excited about getting the word out there. Now, you've run it by your wife, your best friends, maybe you've even run it by your mom. And they've all said, that is a great idea. Can't wait. But what's the problem when you consult with those people. They love me too much. They love you too much. They're not your customer. They're not actually going to pay pay you. They sugarcoat things. So you cannot validate your idea with friends and family. Um, I read an ebook, draft ebook recently from a SaaS product out there, and they actually said, validate the idea with your mom. And I left that <laughs> saying, do not do that. Like your mom is going to support you. Um, 
also when your entrepreneurial journey gets hard, your mom is going to be the first to be scared for you and tell you to go back and get a real job. So, or or worse, <laughs> sometimes I've actually had the opposite reaction where when I'll, I'll have an idea and then they'll just start, you know, snoring and fall asleep. So mm-hmm. either way, um, <laughs> I really I think that's a great point about you want to find your actual right. customer. Right. Who's so, who's going to be the person who's actually going to write a check? Yeah. So, um, you know, you could start by kind of networking around to see who experienced the same problem you have. So if you were to go talk to Roy, someone that that also is good at lead generation, they would give you some third party insight into what they see people um, struggle with. But if you actually found people that struggle with lead generation and talk to them about their problems and how they experience them and what they don't know and what they feel like they need to learn, then you'll you'll learn more about what your solution needs to be. So um, this goes to kind of people get excited about their solution. Maybe it's a solution they created because it solves their problem. But there's a tenant in user-centered design that I learned back in 2005. And it's just because you figured out a way to solve the problem for yourself does not give you license to create something that will solve the problem for everyone else. Okay. Right. So your goal in the early stages is to, what I say, marinate in the problem. Don't talk about solutions with your future customers. Talk about their problems. There's a great quote by Albert Einstein that says, I'm not smarter than you. I just stayed with the problem longer. Okay. That's great. So your goal before you make significant time and monetary investments is to go out and talk to so many people about the problem that you're trying to solve that your idea of the solution is fundamentally different than what it was before you talked to anyone. Okay. Well, and so, and, and let me take a step back then and just, sure. and I, I think you started to go into this, but so when we talk about market research, what exactly, what do we mean by that? It's, uh, sure. you know, sure. We're, we're looking at the problem We're we're eventually going to start considering solutions. We're considering who's the, yeah. who is the market. Can you go yeah. into that a little more? Sure. So here are some of my, um, favorite ways to go talk to people. Um, If you're kind of B2C, uh, let's say I'm testing like a mobile e-commerce idea, I'll go to Starbucks. I will buy, you know, three or five $5 gift cards. And I will approach strangers and ask them if for 15 minutes of their time. That's a cool idea. Okay. Like it's, the, you know, this is something I've been doing in my career for at least five, seven years at this point. It's something I end up doing naturally now. I have like a prototype on my phone that, you know, one of my clients is working on and I'm in line somewhere, the line's long. And I just ask the person next to me if they'll click through this prototype real quick to see if it's usable, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, 
get comfortable talking to strangers. If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have to talk to a lot of strangers. Um, so <laughs> go out there and talk to strangers. There's also great tools out there like App Store reviews, um, Reddit, uh, Quora. You can like read there are Facebook groups. You can read how other people talk about the problem and the questions that they're asking. Right. So those are kind of secondary. You're not actually speaking to an individual. And then the other way is primary. Go go out and talk to people. Awesome. Um, and that doesn't have to be formalized. People get really overwhelmed thinking they need to go talk to 50 people, run a formalized focus group. The survey needs 200 some people um, to take it. But that's not the case. If you can talk to three to five people, you'll get some really great insight to get you started. So you're interviewing people, you're, you know, stopping people you find on the street or you're <laughs> on Reddit, you're reading reviews, you're, you know, you're marinating in the problem. And how do you know, okay, it's time for the next step. And then yeah. what is the next step? Yeah. So this is where a lot of entrepreneurs get overwhelmed because some get overwhelmed before doing marketing customer research for the reasons I just mentioned that they think that you have to have like a PhD or something to do these types of activities. And then on the other side, it's, uh, do they, um, do they know what, what information to pay attention to and what information to ignore? Right. Because if you go collect all this data and insights and interviews, then you could be overwhelmed with analysis paralysis, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that what you have to do next is start to um, filter out. And the rule I say is if one person says it, um, it's an anecdote. If two people say it, it's a coincidence. And if three people say it, it's a theme that you can kind of act on. And so now you're not just going with the thing that struck you as like, this was your first gut instinct. You're, you've actually reached out to people to say, this isn't just what I thought was a great idea. This is, you know, I went out and. Yeah. So when you ask, when you talk to people, you should not be talking about your idea. You should be like a therapist and you're talking to the most fascinating person you've ever met in the world. And you just want to hear all about their problems and their struggles so that you can take kind of all the notes and then you can identify what, again, what I call the real MVP. Like what is the thing that they will pay you to solve? And, and in marketing, we always talk about, you know, sell them what they want, give them what they need. Right. In my world, People, uh, entrepreneurs want to get focused. Um, and they like that's one big thing. They also want to do market and customer research, get focused, figure out where to start, and market and customer research. But there's a whole lot of stuff that they need around product development that's going to cost them a lot of money later as well. Um, so I don't talk about that as much, but that's definitely a huge part of what they get from me. Okay. And so they found they've talked to enough people to start to see a theme. Mm -hmm. They know, you know, three people have mentioned this same problem. 
Mm-hmm. And what's the next step just to work on a solution to that problem? Yeah. So you probably throughout that process, you know, have gotten really anxious to come up with a solution. You probably have a, a bajillion ideas based on what everyone is telling you. And now it's your job to figure out what the best um, solution is. And, you know, you might come up with a huge vision, but then you also have to figure out what you can launch with. And I think this is where, not I'm not going to call traditional, I'm going to call the popular market research method du jour of kind of testing taglines through Facebook ads um, or landing pages is, you you know, comes into play. Mm -hmm. Right. So you, what I see right now, and I, I don't know if you see this, but I see a lot of people who jump straight to testing three different landing pages, three different taglines without doing the exploratory research that we just talked about. Definitely. I think, I think that uh, at least to me, that seems like that would be 90 to 95% of everybody out there. What would you, would you say that's about? Yeah, I would. And the problem with that, is that you could be testing three bad ideas with three audiences that don't care. And you're going to pick the best of three bad ideas. Right. And I'd really, I'd like you to go more into this because I think that like we just said is this is something everybody is talks about split testing all the time. Everybody wants to, you know, I think the most advanced I ever see anybody get with it is they start to talk about statistical significance. But even then, I really I think that uh, the actual um, validity validity of their results is very questionable. So mm-hmm. if you then take into account the fact that, like, for all you know, you were starting out with garbage in the first place, yeah. I mean, that just seems like a, it's very at the very least you could be wasting a lot of money. So I think that if I mean, people, people could know they were wasting a ton of money. Yeah. People are wasting a ton of money and time and are closing up shop because their split testing is quantitative research. Quantitative research tells you what people clicked on a, but they didn't click on B. Right. Right. But they don't tell you why. Well, exactly. And then the other thing, and I've written a long article about this, is that unfortunately, there's really no ad platform. And even when you use something like, you know, you know, one of these mini tools out there, there's no way to really know you're not really in a lab. You're not you can't be sure that this person only saw A and this person only saw B. They're seeing both of them. That's interacting. And, you know, you have no real idea. So I think that if people had an uh, had a way to be sure that at least at the beginning, they're not starting out with things that are just potentially awful. That would so, put them very far ahead of the game. So what what can they do? Yeah. So you remember how you started out this project? Um, this new business idea by going and talking to a bunch of people at a Starbucks. Maybe you got their contact information or you found people through friends of friends that match your target. Um, If you did that, then when you go to make these landing pages, all you have to do is say, 
hey, Roy, can you uh, look at my landing pages and tell me which ones you like and don't like, right? I send that to two to three people and get some feedback before I launch those things, right? Then I like gave a lot of heartache because I got some people to look at my landing pages first. There's, there might be something like we didn't even think of when it came to that copy. Um, and that's why I say like you're launching blind if you go straight to that is because you have no idea how other people perceive that. Quantitative is only going to tell you the what. Qualitative, it tells you the why. So don't be scared to just go talk to people and say, hey, <laughs> what do you think of these landing pages? What do you hope to get from these landing pages? That is great. I I mean, it seems common sense, but at the same time, I just I don't think there are that many people who do that. And I think a big part of it is because as I don't know as as difficult as it kind of seems like it is to set up a split test. I think people kind of want to rely so much on science and data and numbers, and they don't think about the fact that there's a lot of value that you can get from talking to real people. Mm-hmm. And I I think that from everything that you've said so far, that is um, really seems to be your specialty is getting people yeah. to remember that there are actual people that are going to be using this stuff and that there's no way to really get that kind of insight without going to actual human beings. 100%. Other people have to buy your product, right? So you better design a product they want to buy, right? When a startup fails because they the pricing model was wrong, or they didn't have a market, or um, I'm blanking on some of the others, it's because they didn't design something customers were willing to pay for. So from the get-go, you should be designing with your customers a product that your customers will pay for. You're just adding your sprinkle of genius onto the solution to make it unique and better than what they could have done for themselves. Right. And I think it sounds like one of the places where people could get kind of creative with it is just, you know, figuring out fun things to offer people to get them to be willing to participate in their research. Um, Because, you know, I'm sure every different kind of person for every different kind of thing, you got to like, I'm kind of thinking like, how do I get some of these people out there who are, um, you know, looking to generate leads or looking to, you know, acquire more customers? How do I get them to, to agree to participate. And, um, I'm sure there's all kinds of fun things that I'll come up with as I, as I think about it. So I'm excited about that. Um, so as far as, as far as I can give you an example of how I did that recently. Awesome. If you're, if you're interested. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm building my private Facebook group and, I wanted to bring, I had 10 initial members. I wanted to bring in another 15 um, to kind of start to scale it and figure out what the kind of energy of the group and how we're going to structure the rules would work. So I had this offer of inviting 15 people to be part of the Facebook group forever free. They'll never get charged. 
in the future when I launch it next year with, you know, a monthly revenue. But then I also had this market research survey because I wanted to figure out which workbooks and topics I should launch next year. And I wanted to validate some validate or ask differently some questions about what their primary challenges are, what they think is most important for building their business. And so I said, if you want to be take me up on this offer, use this survey as your way to apply. Oh, right? that's a good, yeah, that's great. So just instead of running around trying to people to take my survey because you know what four percent of people take surveys so like getting surveys <laughs> survey responses is super hard right. um so i apply an incentive you know most people apply incentive like amazon gift card but um i try to deliver a lot of value and if you're you know making an offer like join my group test out my, you know, beta products for free. So if I have like a new workbook, I want to um, get some feedback on and people really like that topic, then I'll offer that in exchange for um, interview time or survey time. Um, and by doing that, yeah. aren't you making sure, uh, aren't you more likely to get people who, are actually going to be your customer. It sort of qualifies them before. 100%. Yes. That's great. Um, the other thing I want to tell people is um, there's this idea within marketing and sales, maybe uh, more traditional marketing and sales, that um, your network is, you know, your initial core strength. So thinking about how you start to build um, awareness for your product, you might think about tree rings and starting in the center, you being in the center and like who's closest to you, you know, strong ties, weak ties, professional, like just keep extending your social networks out, out from you. Um, don't hesitate to use your personal network as a way of finding people that meet your profile. So instead of always asking strangers if you have a list of the five five people that you want to meet and you're talking to friends or you're talking to catching up with a professional um, contact you haven't talked to in a few months you could say hey do you know any people that fit these five profiles i'm looking to do some research that's a good idea well so is that the sort of the the meat of market research is there anything else that they need to be that people need to be aware of as they go forward is it just sort of after that just a constant iterative process yeah i mean i think that's like the i can't you know i can't say that that's everything to market research there are tons of ways to get feedback and insights what I want to say is that for those people starting from the very beginning, you want to make it part of your process. Because mm -hmm. if you're constantly talking to your customers, you're eliminating a lot of guesswork. You don't have to guess whether the title of this workbook works or not. You don't have to guess whether, um, you know, one ad is like if one ad will succeed or not. You can go ask people. 
you don't have to guess whether this marketing tactic is worth spending money on. Right. You know, because if you can just talk to your customers all the time, then that that kind of de-risks your whole journey and eliminates the guesswork. You're going to get better and better at like asking the right questions, but I don't want to get into like academic level, like how to write a good survey question or how to write, you know, ask people great questions. But, you know, I always try to stay focused on learning as much as I can and speaking very little when I'm talking to customers. Well, so what about for people who want to know more, they want to learn, um, just really be able to do um, uh, do a lot more uh, with their launch and all everything that goes into that. Uh, can you tell us more about your course? Ah, okay, yeah, great. So, uh, my primary course, my signature program, the Real MVP, the Most Valuable Problem. It's uh, it's designed for. Uh, tech startup founders who want to cover market research, go-to-market strategy, product and prototyping, and a host of other things, um, including your fundraising pitch deck. Uh, The reason I talk about market research so much and why it's fundamental in the beginning is that at the base of all of those pieces that I just mentioned, which are all the pieces you need to build a company, starts with understanding the problem or the opportunity and who your target customer is. They all start with the same information. So in this program, we cover um, that most valuable problem and then how to use your customers to design the product that you're going to sell back to them and then how to tie the bow or tie a bow on the box with your rock solid plan, which is the proof that you can execute on your business, showing it to investors on how you're going to realize your dream so that they believe in you. And that's a really important piece. Um, Investors aren't as risky uh, gamblers as we like to think they are. They want to see a real business. And if you're able to tie your marketing, your product, your financials, your hiring plan, you know, all together then that gives them the proof and the confidence that you can build a business. All right, great. And um, and if they want to find out more, that's lindsayt.com? Yeah, they can head over to lindsayt.com. Um, and I will actually create a URL right, right after this so that they can also go to lindsayt.com forward slash market research to learn more. Um, for anyone that's listening to this program. All right. That's great. Thank you very much. And I'll put that in the show notes for everybody to, to take a look. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. All right. So that's episode 004 of the Tyrannosaurus Rex Marketing Podcast Program. I'm Roy Harmon. That was Lindsay Tavis. That's lindsayt.com if you want to check her out. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Hope you'll be back next week. Who knows who we could have with us. It could be somebody great. It could be somebody awful. But it'll probably be somebody great. Or at least really good. Um, Yeah, well, let me know what you think. 